Good morning lovers or hello to whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this podcast at. This is Non-Dairy presenting the uncensored, fully considered, non-GMO, non-dairy presenting podcast hosted by myself, Aurelia Sinclair. And we're going to get straight into the start of the episode with our weekly tarot reading. The card for this week is the moon card reversed. I just want to tell you that I've um, set the mood for this reading by burning some incense to manifest abundance. It is my money matrix incense and I always burn this when I'm waiting on an invoice to come through. Um, and I hope that it manifests for you as well if you're waiting for your pay or your invoices. But the card for this week, the moon card, is a little bit hectic. So in the background, we have a, a blue sky in the middle of the card, the moon. And the there's like rays coming out from the moon. And it's both showing you a full moon and a crescent moon at the same time. There is a mountain range in the background that is divided by what looks like a road or a river. And that division goes through the middle of the card. On each side of the river is a, on one side is a wolf and the other a dog. There's a tower on each side as well. And they're both barking and howling at the moon. At the very base of the card is a lobster or a crab. I think it's a lobster and it's in, in the water, which represents emotions. And the card came up in reverse. And also just on a side note, we won't go into this too much. The moon card is for the sign of Pisces. So each of the 12 star signs has a tarot card associated with it. If you're Pisces, the moon card, that's your card. So like I said, this card is a bit hectic. There's a lot going on. We have wolves howling at the moon, towers, division, water, emotions. But what's good is that the card came up in reverse for us. So it means it's a, re a release of this energy. And the moon card coming up reversed means that you might be dealing with anxiety, confusion, negativity, and just a whole lot of barking at the moon. And this being reversed kind of just means it's all falling away, lessening, easing up and being released. This could come as a sign that transformation is happening or is has happened and you're kind of grappling and dealing with that and it being coming up it being the start of a new month the start of September the start of Virgo season I think is always a time for me personally and you know I have just entered my villain era aka my birthday month September although I am a Libra born on the last day of this month, I feel like it's a invitation of release and realignment of energy and letting go or losing something in a positive way. Because I feel that losing 
and letting go is often a negative thing in our minds when it doesn't have to be. Also, a thing about water and tarot and in in these signs, I think stands for emotions and a buildup of emotions maybe that has been released and allowing yourself to feel the feelings, to move through the confusion and the division and indecision that you might be going through. Just sitting with that feeling and acknowledging and working through it. Because in the short term, it's easy to push these things aside, but in the long term, it, it always comes back. You know, I really think it always comes back. Um, with the towers in Descartes, I'm not sure what they stand for, but I think it's a stability and a sign of stability and maybe rules or things that are quite rigid. And again, this card has come up upside down and these towers, like looking at them, they feature quite heavily. And I feel like it's also a playfulness and letting go of the rules and notions of what stability looks like to move to something more fluid and more in line with how you feel. So that's our card reading for this week. I really like this card. I highly encourage you to look it up. You can just Google the moon card, moon tarot, um, because visually I think it helps me interpret how I feel just holding and looking at each card as I go through my readings. Just quickly, I want to review a new oat milk I'm obsessed with. It's stocked uh, at my calls kind of recently, and it's called Mighty Milkology. And what's so nice about this oat milk is its flavor is really full and creamy, and it works really well in coffee for me or with cereal. The bottle as well as this weird shape, like most uh, alternative milks in the UHT milk section come in, you know, your classic carton. And I find it's easy enough to pour out of it. No complaints, actually. It was clearly designed to have milk poured out of it. But this bottle is just shaped a little bit weirdly. I'm going to upload it onto the podcast Instagram so you know what I mean. Because it's it's easier to pour and it looks weird, but I'm obsessed with it. And I love this milk. It was on sale last week, so I stocked up. It's kind of expensive otherwise, like almost $5 a bottle, which inflation, and that's why I think a lot of people don't opt for plant milk um, because it's, it's expensive. But yeah, this one, it's really creamy. It's very yummy. At first, I didn't even believe it was oat milk. And I'm a big fan. Not sponsored yet, but I'm manifesting it. We might be sponsored by Big Oat Milk very soon here on the Non-Dairy Presenting Podcast. Something else I just wanted to share at the start of this episode as well is that there will be merch at some point. I'm thinking of making um, hats or tote bags, maybe mugs. Um, the reason I am saying this is so that you can tell me if it's something you would be interested in, so I'm not wasting time 
I'm designing this with my friend who's I help I've engaged because I don't want to just put something in Canva and print it on a hat. I feel like I owe you a little bit more design know-how than that. Um, but yeah, there might be some non-dairy presenting merch coming soon, so stay tuned. For this week's thought or think piece, I haven't really found a way to make this title more concise, but what I want to talk about is the fact that we are soft launching, soft unlaunching, quiet quitting, quiet firing, and just being very subtle with our movements and why it feels like it's an affront to direct communication and direct directness. So, like I said, this title is very convoluted, but I'll try to explain what I mean. So unless you've not been on social media at all, you probably have heard of terms like soft launching, or in my case, my new term, soft unlaunching, um, quiet quitting or quiet firing, which refers to the workplace. So I've seen it on LinkedIn a bunch or, you know, on other social medias where people who are big on LinkedIn share this stuff. But essentially, it refers to folks doing less and less at their jobs, kind of doing the bare minimum, looking for other work a while on the clock, which, of course, you should do that. Um, duh. Because no corporation cares about you that much and they would replace you in an instant. So you don't really have to give them that same the same courtesy. And the point being <laughs> that we are obsessed with being subtle on social media to curate a sense of mystery and of uh, humbleness almost, I want to say. Because I've seen people, and you have seen people as well, I bet, launch their relationships in the subtle ways of showing somebody is at dinner with you but not showing their face, showing their hand on the stem of the wine glass, or people even do it with their vacations where, you know, you'll see someone in Melbourne on a Friday and you don't think anything of it. And then on, on Tuesday, they're posting on their stories and it looks like they're in a very warm location and looking outside, you're like, it's winter, where are you? And all of a sudden they're in Italy, you know, just soft launching that they're on vacation by posting these very curated pictures that are aesthetic, but not. By that I mean, you know, maybe it's a carousel post and the first slide is the view from the Airbnb overlooking the ocean. And then the second slide is like a close up of a dish of olives and some olives have already been eaten and it's just a pip and it's kind of, you can't really tell what it is, but you know, and it's appealing, but not. And then it's kind of a blurry picture of them out or the next slide is them and their friends all sunbathing topless. So you know that they're in Europe, but it was never actually said. And then the location that's tagged in the photo says paradise instead of the Greek islands, you know? It feels like it's another way of soft launching because 
there's so many different ways to be on the internet and I'm not saying this as in there's a right or a wrong way because there's there's not there's just the way you want to be on the internet but I'm noticing that there's trends more and more that people tend to follow where you know some folks have the vlogging approach where they're showing you every step along the way the packing the going to the airport the getting on the plane the in between which is probably more along the lines of, of what I do and then there's the folks who have the aesthetic soft launch or maybe it's a hard launch when you're just like hey I'm I'm gone maybe that's a hard launch and not a soft launch and I'm, I'm mistaking it but it all goes you know into showing that you're doing well without explicitly saying it so showing you have someone you go on dates with and that you are clearly obsessed with on your stories but you're not fully showing them to everyone going on vacation and not showing everything you're doing just the parts that are like aesthetic and casual even though the perceived <laughs> casualness not sure if that's a word but the, the perceived carefreeness is very curated still and you're still telling people hey i have a loving partner and disposable income and time to go on vacation but you're kind of doing it in a subtle way it's like a humble brag almost because people know they know but you're not saying it and coming to back to the workplace i think people are shying away from having difficult conversations with their jobs about not feeling valued not liking the culture or the other way around as well like if you're being quiet fired where you know your job is not giving you the challenges and uh, attention that you need um you know i bet there's managers who just don't like some people on their team and don't put in the effort but instead of having the conversation of hey how can i make you feel more included in this team it's like just lessening their attention and furthering of that person's career because it's easier and it doesn't require that hard conversation of saying hey maybe we need to adjust your work at this at this in this role or maybe um in terms of quiet uh quiet uncoupling i was going to say conscious uncoupling <laughs> gwyneth the queen of cyto cyto pseudo science speak um but yeah with the soft unlaunching as well you know when you're seeing somebody just fade away from their partner's feed until it's officially announced that they've broken up but people have seen it coming i feel like that's not only a thing on social media but also in real life like soft launching somebody on your instagram is about in my eyes as i interpret it it's about protecting yourself and the other person from you know the relationship maybe not progressing or going ahead or um, maybe just having an element of privacy which i also understand but i think that the element of like protecting yourself and them from the relationship maybe not working so you're not posting about it too much because you're not sure where it's going instead of having the conversation of are you comfortable with being on my social media where do you see this relationship going? Do you want to be um, a part of my life in a more visible way? 
I don't think a lot of people have that conversation and I know this because I haven't really had to have it explicitly because Tamara and I are very aligned there but um, there's been other times when I've felt not equipped to have the conversation of the person I was seeing to be like hey what are we doing uh, we're always hanging out I feel like I can't post you on socials because we're not together what's the deal instead of just posting their arm or their hand on a wine glass to signal that you are seeing someone without saying that you're seeing someone. It's this very indirect way of showing people what you're doing and what you're up to, to curate a sense of authenticity, realness, uh, and like I said, mystery that is a counter to the oversharing culture, I guess we've had on social media for the far past few years. But oversharing in a way is still a thing we're, we're doing, but just in more subtle ways. It feels like people are very comfortable sharing the tough times they're going through or when they're not doing as well as they are in their photos. Like I've seen folks post, you know, hot selfies with a caption explaining how they were actually not doing very well right now and that life has been really tough. And that's this sense of authenticity again, like I'm admitting that I'm not doing as well as I look to be doing. But when you just look at it at face value, I'm telling you what it's like. And people like having that that sense of, oh, I'm getting a real piece of this person and it's not contrived but it is it is because that's what social media inherently is it's a way of communicating exactly what you want and how you want it in a way that you could do in person but that's in my opinion significantly harder um, to manipulate your your life as much when you're meeting someone face to face or describing something face to face so the shying away from direct conversations calling things what they are and discussing these important i don't know relationship boundaries job expectations and so on um, seems to be something that we're less and less capable of doing as time goes on in favor of hints and shying shying away from just saying it like it is and and instead showing it as it could be or as it appears to be um and yeah is that a good thing or a bad thing who's to say curating one's internet persona has been a thing as long as the internet has been around and i'm sure it'll progress and change as time goes on but that's the trend i noticed and something i'm probably tapping in consciously or unconsciously myself where I try to share what I want to without being too much or giving away too much from a perspective of myself. Um, and I don't mean giving away too much in the sense of, I don't want you all to know everything about my life because obviously I don't. There's things that are for me only, but giving away too much in the sense of, I need to protect my own force field and energy and sometimes that means sharing less and sometimes that means sharing more and i'm sure that anyone going through their own hard or soft 
launching and unlaunching and quiet quitting and loud quitting is weighing up those same decisions as well. So I am not here to judge. I am here to comment and offer thoughts. Just on that as well, I will, for the rest of the episode, talk a little bit more about um, relationships and like long distance because I've gotten some DMs um, where people have expressed that that's something they would like to hear about. And when I was just talking about uh, the soft unlaunching, quiet quitting, I have been thinking about something we commonly hear when people break up in the public eye and our friends too, which is folks citing their career or they're focusing on their career as a reason to break up. And I was talking to my wife about this because I feel like it's a, a bogus excuse, but also a valid excuse. And let me explain. So when somebody says they need to focus on their career and that's why they're, you know, ending a relationship, I always think it's not impossible to have both a career and a relationship. Those things should not be mutually exclusive in my opinion, but sometimes they can be. And I think it's usually because you're with the wrong person and it's not your career that's to blame that you're focusing on. It's just that they're not compatible with you in a way that's conducive to you doing well in your career. And I know that's redundant and sounds like I'm saying the same thing maybe, but hear me out. I feel like I've thought about focusing on my career in a lot of my relationships as a sort of reason on, on breaking up because the person I was with wasn't helping my career and not helping it in a way of like getting me contacts and putting me into the spotlight or whatever, but more that when you're with the right person who, who is like highly compatible with you, I think focusing on your career comes naturally because work is a portion of the day and then it's over. And when it's over, you need to unwind, you need to relax, you need to have experiences that make your life <laughs> exciting and worth living. And when you're with the right person, you'll have, you'll have those experiences and you'll have a good time together where you replenish the things that maybe get lost in your nine to five grind or your high pressure job. Your partner can have a very positive effect on that. And I feel that myself with my wife and I think she does with me as well, where we're each other's solace in the, the world that is a job that's challenging and sometimes tiring and maybe not always fulfilling. So being with her automatically puts me in a better mood and in a better equipped state to deal with whatever work throws my way. And also I want to do well in my career because I want to have a future with this woman and have a nest egg, you know, I want to have money in my super. So I want to work so I can do that and focus on, on our future together, which is furthered by my work. And she helps me 
achieve all those things and the little things she does. So if she wasn't doing that, then I think I would be able to cite my career as a reason to break up because really it's not about the career. It's about the overall compatibility in terms of does this person make my life better? And if the answer is yes, then the answer is likely also yes when it comes to making your career better because, I mean, everything in life is connected and goes hand in hand, right? So jumping into the long-distance relationship stuff that uh, some folks have DM'd me on Instagram about or even when I put up the not gonna lie link, which again, such a throwback. Everyone was just asking and answering questions on Instagram for a week and now it's dead. Um, <laughs> I, about long distance relationships, it's not like I've been in one for a super long time. Um, it's, you know, only been since the start of this year. And I have been in a long distance relationship before when I was 18 and it was toxic and with a man who was way too old for me and who was low-key grooming me but that's for another episode um so this i'm looking at with fresh eyes as a long distance relationship yes i've kind of done it before but not successfully because the circumstances were toxic and going into this <laughs> a little bit older a little bit wiser and knowing more about relationships and love i think the secret to a long distance relationship is not too dissimilar from just any other short distance relationship, which is that you need to spend quality time together. And thanks to the internet, it's doable. It's actually quite doable, even though we have, for example, been apart for two months now with my wife working overseas. We've been able to spend a lot of time each day talking about the things that are happening in our lives, the ideas and thoughts we have throughout the day, the plans we have for the future. We make playlists for each, playlists for each other. We play the New York Times spelling bee together and share the words with each other and um, read the same things or listen to the same podcasts. And it's really important, I think, that you have a reference uh, a list of things you can you can go to that you enjoy doing together that works remotely and I think having exciting conversations about thoughts and ideas is it's a big love language for me a but b also very important in relationships for me personally when you're only talking about the things that are sort of happening in your day-to-day you run out of things to talk about very quickly. It's the same with friends, in my opinion. Like if someone's just having a chat with me about what's been happening, I mean, there's only so much we can talk about. There's only so much I remember. Like don't ask me about a month ago. I can barely remember yesterday. <laughs> so talking about events and, and stuff like that, yes, of course, you're going to catch up on your day. But talking about... Mm, ideas and concepts and gossip and I'm saying gossip in a positive way you know like your mutual friends what have they been up to what do you think of the things they're doing what are their news and sharing that with each other in a 
in a positive way or a negative way if you're so inclined sometimes you need to have a bitch and that's fine too but yeah spending quality time digitally thanks to the internet is a lot more doable and i think the key to keeping the relationship interesting and engaging when you're not physically together and as well you know not being physically together with the internet with technology vibrators hands porn literotica sexts skypes skypes what am i saying facetimes um skype is so yeah what what did they do during the pandemic they must be mad at zoom but it's all it's all very possible and very doable if you put in the work and that is the key to i mean a short distance relationship too because i have definitely been in relationships where um or you know dating situations where the person was actually very close to me in you know a physical sense but emotionally intellectually we didn't connect on the level that was needed for me to sustain interest and enthusiasm about the person and the relationship and when you get to that point that's probably when you come up with things like oh i'm you know focusing on my career because it's easier to say that than to say hey i feel like we're not connecting on the level that's necessary for me to connect with you on in order to you know feel feel fulfilled in this relationship and feel a drive to keep it going this conversation is very hard and it's much easier to soft unlaunch someone and uh, not have them in your life than to put in the work but when you know you know and when that person comes along who who matches your communication style or your love language or who keeps you interested and on your toes in more than just one way then you'll know what to do as you'll know um how to how to further the the relationship or your career if you are not in a relationship um by keeping it interesting and, and challenging and that's my thoughts on long distance relationships and how to keep them interesting and alive despite the distance and the time difference and um, there always being a you know small delay in your thoughts reaching them and vice versa and yeah just having an understanding of that as well and adjusting your expectations i think is a good thing to do in any situation but especially in long distance have some grace for your partner and for yourself there will be things that you miss or that get lost in the distance but you can make up the distance by spending time together and that would be my advice quality time and understanding all right that brings us to the end of today's episode thank you so much for listening to the non-dairy presenting podcast with your host myself aurelia st Clair. i hope you enjoyed this uncensored fully considered gmo free and non-dairy presenting rant and ramble and advice and tarot reading if you do feel free to send me a message 
to the podcast page at nondairypresentingpod or at my Instagram at aurelia.com. As always, I really love and appreciate everyone who leaves the podcast a review or gives it a follow. That really helps my um, podcast stats, which I don't care about too much, but it's nice seeing that folks like it and those messages always brighten my day. And I hope that um, you took something away from this episode and that you're back for another one next week.